Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive, personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and we're here today because we've got an author and a medical doctor and an emergency room guy, and we're going to talk about all of that, his name, and I'm going to massacre your last name, so I'm going to ask you to say it so that I don't. Uh, his name is Steve Periano. Periano. I, I knew I would get that wrong, but I got it right now, so that's, that's, that's really good. It's great to have you here, sir. It's great to be here, Kevin. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, you're more than you're more than welcome. Anytime that somebody is doing something of a positive nature is an inspirational, uh, and your book is the subtitle is an inspirational guide to living a better life. I can't think of anything better than that um, because we're all trying we're trying in our own different ways to live life to the best of our ability, and sometimes uh, we need help with that. And that's one of the reasons why you're here is to help folks um, think about a different way of being, a different way of living their life that can be more advantageous to them in the long run. And the name of the book, again, is My Steps Forward. So with that, Stephen, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing very well today. Very well. Thank you. How about yourself, Kevin? Oh, I'm awesome. Thank you very much. I'm always awesome. That's a, that's a kind of a rule around here. Is, right. uh, that's, that's why, you know, you can't do a show called Positive Talk Radio if you are not in a positive frame of mind. It's, <laughs> it, I guess it, that's it, a prerequisite, right? It does. It is. So I'm putting myself out there as being someone that is interested in positivity and taking care of folks and giving giving people a better way and a better idea of how they can conduct their life. And, and that's why I like to talk to people like you because you're working, you've worked very hard. You, you had a bout with cancer at one point. Um, and you learned that, that, that there are different ways of operating than the traditional ways. And we're going to talk about all of that. So okay. uh, first of all, you are an MD and you are an emergency physician. Is that correct? Yes, I am. And what's it like these days working in an emergency room? I got to believe that uh, with COVID coming up and down and, and stuff, that it's kind of has, has to have been tough for you. Yeah, the la I mean, being an emergency medicine magician is kind of, you know, a tough job in and of itself. But when COVID rolled around, yeah, it definitely became much more difficult just the you know added stress of dealing with a condition you know initially we didn't really know much about it and i'm in new york so here in the united states it hit new york first so yep. we really didn't know much about it at all you know we didn't know really how to treat it uh, so uh, so it was it was scary it was a lot of stress and we just you know all of us in the emergency department we just you know did what we had signed up to do we just basically took as best care of our patients as we could. 
What kind of toll has it taken on the healthcare system and the people that are in it over time? I guess it varies individual to individual. I know it's created, you know, a lot of stress and anxiety among several, you know, among many practitioners and people who work in healthcare. You know, I know there's also been a lot of resources that have been offered as far as, you know, um, mental health resources just to try to help out with this, this the added stress of, in these uncertain times. So those have helped a lot. That, that's really that's really cool that they're that they're doing that. Of course, they really had to because there was a lot of really negative things that were going on at that time. By the way, if you can hear that in my background, and I and I apologize for this, but where my studio is, they are doing some street work out front, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't I can't uh, help that. But I'm hopeful that that you're not hearing too much of it. Are you? Okay? I actually don't hear a thing. Hey, other that's than your voice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well then forget strike that last comment forget i said a thing i, do, I don't want to break the uh the uh, uh feeling that that we've got it together so so that's really good so um you were uh, you went through medical school you became now did you become a uh, um emergency doc because that was your your passion is that what you wanted to do actually my third year so Third year in medical school, we do our clerkships. We rotate through all different specialties to try to get exposed to a lot of different fields and get a better idea what we want. And by the time four year rolled around, when we're got to start making our decisions about what we want to do for the rest of our lives, I I liked emergency medicine and I liked anesthesia. I was torn between the two. Too, and um, I loved the science and the physiology and the pharmacology behind anesthesiology. And I also loved the interaction um, with people and kind of the detective work and the fact that you can do procedures in emergency medicine. So uh, I did both rotations and it turned out that I liked emergency medicine more. So I, I went with that. You know, um, if you knew my history, you would know that I've had a few surgeries in my time. And uh, I've always tried, especially the last three or four, because I fell and tore my rotator cuff and then I fell again and tore my uh, tricep tendon on the other side so they had to put me out they had to put me under and i've always tried to not go out i have yet to be successful with that (laughs) and i haven't made it past the count of five yet but that's kind of one of my life dreams is to see if i can defeat the uh anesthesiologist but so far i've had no luck that is is funny because i do the same thing i've had a few surgeries and i try to see if i could stay awake but it never works (laughs) It's it's like, you know, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it this time. I'm going to make it. And then the next thing you know, you're in recovery. Yeah. You know, so it's it's and it's really is an interesting phenomenon with with the uh, how, you know, and and it's interesting because uh, I I've had both my hips replaced and you'll you'll appreciate this. Uh, And some folks, but the the docs that, that did it. The, the second one was way different than the first one because the first one they put you under and then you go to you're out and then you go to recovery and then you slowly wake up and and you and your dr- feelings all drugged out and all that kind of stuff well the, the this time they did a um um or what do you call it when they when they when they numb numb your numb your back a spinal tap when they numb their uh when they yeah it's an epidural that's it. it. They did an epidural and uh, then they gave me a light anesthetic and I actually woke up in still in the operating room. 
um, because of the the uh, uh, anesthesia was so light that uh, it was just there to keep me from moving around and stuff because I could feel nothing because of the epidural. So I thought that was interesting that uh, and and it was actually a better way to do it because it was less it was less harmful to my overall system, I think. Right. Yeah. Kind of interesting feeling, right? Oh, it, it, it was wild. It was wild. So so you and so you decided on emergency medicine and you were doing that. But there was a point in time when you had your own health challenges. What happened there? Yes. So it was actually back in 2007. And I remember the day perfectly. I imagine you, you would. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it was a Friday morning. We were I was off from work. We were going to take our two boys, which are they were much younger back then to the park for a beautiful day. And then it's getting ready. And I, you know, used the bathroom and I looked in the bowl and it was full of blood. And I was like, what? That's what always disconcerting, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, this isn't right. And told my wife and we made an appointment with a urologist and uh, he thought it might be a kidney stone, which, um, you know, I thought it was possible, but that was a little strange because kidney stones are usually associated with quite a bit of pain. And I had zero pain. So um, had a CAT scan and um, I actually went to the hospital where I worked. So I knew everyone there. I knew the process of a CAT scan and I am lying down on the table and, you know, usually happens you lie on the table, they do the scan, it takes a minute or so. And then the you slot out of the machine, the tech comes in and pulls you off the table. And then, so I had the scan, went in the machine, went out of the machine. And then I'm sitting there, you know, staring at the ceiling on the table and taking a long time for the tech to come back in the room to get me off the table. I'm like, something's not right here. And then waiting and waiting. And finally the door to the CT suite opens, but it's not the tech. It's one of the radiologists, someone who I also know. And, you know, he looks at me very, um, with a very concerned, but look on his face. And he tells me very concerned, but also very matter of fact, it's like, Steve, you, you have a mass on your right kidney. And thus, you know, that was the, how the diagnosis was made. And, you know, I had a surgery, you know, a bit after that. And thankfully everything worked out. Okay. Did they, did they have to take your kidney? Yeah, they, um, they took the kidney out. So it actually, before the surgery, I, I had a couple of, I had another test, you know, they wanted to basically make sure there was no spread of the cancer. So I had a test called a bone scan where basically, cause Kidney cancer can often spread to bones. And um, after the test, I uh, was talking to one of the radiologists, someone that I also knew. And uh, it was a little bit concerning because everything looked fine, except there was these two black spots on my left thigh bone. And they were concerning for the spread of the cancer. And, you know, I before that, I had been, you know, fairly confident we'll do the surgery, we'd be fine. But now I was a bit scared because I was like, wow, did it spread? And... I had an MRI short time after that. And thankfully the MRI showed that the lesions were benign, but I remember I was pretty scared for a time. I, I cried with my wife. I, you know, sat and prayed by my kids' beds and just, you know, praying that if I might live to, you know, watch my kids grow up, I would really appreciate that and be thankful. And uh, like I said, th thankfully it was benign and um, I had the surgery. I had a year of oral chemotherapy and here I am in 2022 doing very well. How old were your kids at the time? They, let's see, that was in 2007. So they were three and one, just huh. about three and one. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, 
I've had a couple of kids myself, and I just can't imagine having a health care like that where you don't know at that particular moment whether or not you're going to be okay or not, and having a one and three year old that would be so heavy on your heart, I would think. Yeah, it was. It was it was a really frightening time. Well, congratulations, you made it through. But in the process of of doing all that with the, the chemo and things, you discovered a few things. Tell us about what you discovered uh, in in relationship to your health. Sure. So I thought I had been pretty living pretty healthy before that, but I had cancer. So I thought to myself, am I doing something wrong? So a while after I had recovered from the surgery, I walked into a Barnes and Noble store in Manhattan with my wife. And I walked in there with a few questions. I wanted to know, is there some specific reason why I got cancer? Am I not living as healthy as I thought? And can I prevent this from happening again? So I bought several books on health, nutrition, wellness, meditation, cancer. And I really um, dove into them. I started reading. I started out intrigued. Then I became fascinated with everything I was learning. There was so much stuff in there that I didn't know and that I didn't know even as a practicing physician. And it really changed how I thought about health and medicine and, and life in general. You know, there's somebody out there that's going, oh, come on, Steve. You were an MD. You went through medical school, for heaven's sakes. Certainly, they teach you all about nutrition and, and, and positive living and, and meditation and stress management. And surely they do all that, right? Yeah, you would think. And, you know, I, I can't speak fully for all medical schools now. Things may be changing. But when I was in medical school, we did have a nutrition course, but it was actually all, pretty much every single student at that time, including myself, thought it was a joke. It was of all our coursework, it was the least important course. We just wanted to do it to get it done with. I mean, we had more important things to worry about, like, you know, anatomy, physiology, pharmacology. Those were the important ones, not nutrition. Well, and I'm sure that class featured like the food pyramid. And this is the food pyramid and how it works and that and but which may or may not actually be accurate because uh, a lot of the information that you found when you went to Barn Barnes and Noble uh, contradicted or at least expanded a great deal upon what you had learned in medical school, didn't it? Yeah, I just learned that there was so much more out there than just conventional medicine. And so how did that change your outlook and how did that change your life? Well, as far as my eating, I changed the way I eat. I, I used to think I was eating healthy. I Prior to my diagnosis, I ate lots of granola bars and foods that came in a bag and processed foods and, you know, granola bars. I mean, they're granola. They got to be healthy. But, <laughs> but they're, they're, I ate so much processed foods. And honestly, I, I fared pretty poorly in the fruits and vegetables department. I really didn't have much fresh fruits or vegetables on my plate. So I changed. I really tried to cut out the processed foods and start eating more fruits and vegetables. And that was that was probably the, the biggest change in my diet. And and I, I love learning. I, I learn I learn more and more all the time. And you know, I've just, you know, basically right now I just try to eat as close to the earth as I can. I try to really limit my intake of processed foods and eat fruits, vegetables, grains, beans, you know, seeds, quinoa, nuts, 
you know, stuff as natural as I can. And I feel really great. Well, and I have to tell you, I was in the food service industry for a long time and I worked for a chicken processor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can tell you that uh, there is lots and lots of processing that goes on, even with what we would call natural chicken breasts. Really? Um, oh, sure. They they you, they inject uh, saline solutions into them uh, to get to get them a little plumper. And and when the chickens are growing up, they they give them medication to keep the, the flock healthy because the the folks that. Uh, that uh, grow the chickens they, and they're in chicken houses. This, this company I worked for was out of Arkansas mm-hmm. and they had chicken houses everywhere. And what I didn't know was that the folks that work in the chicken houses and run the chicken houses, they, they get a, sh- a shipment of chicks and their job is to keep them all alive uh, because they get paid on the number of uh, the head, the number of chickens that come out at, at the proper weight after like seven weeks. Um, so that, um, and then they get, they go to the slaughterhouse and then they're processed. But for the chicken farmer, it's imperative that they keep the flock healthy. And so they, they give them antibiotics and they give them foods that, that are rich in some of those things so that they can keep the chickens alive. And that does alter the, the, uh, the composition of the chicken a little bit. Sure. And, and the other thing is, is that when, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, uh, it took 16 weeks to raise a chicken to maturity to, to become a, like a three pound live weight. Now it takes six and a half. So wow. you, so you got to tell me that something's going on there, uh, that it's, and, uh, in, in fact, the, the university of Arkansas, Arkansas has got Tyson funds it. They've got a chicken school where they do lots of experiments on how to grow chickens faster and and stuff like that. So the, the, a lot of that stuff isn't known. So when you're talking about processed foods, and by the way, if you ever have a chicken McNugget, don't, uh, because they, they are, it, it is, uh, I, I won't go into it, but it's in any event. So you're right, but you've got to eat naturally. Um, and, and you've got, and now how do you address the fact that some of our foods are devoid of of nutrients because of the soils that they're grown in and that sort of thing. Yeah, you know that's a good question. I had I had learned a, you know a bit about that, and I started taking supplements because I learned that just like you said, our soils of are devoid of nutrients, and supplementation is important for that reason because our foods don't have the same amount of nutrients as they did in the forties or the fifties. So I've been taking supplements. I'm still learning more about that, but I, I take some supplements to try to supplement my diet. They don't replace good foods. They are, they are just a supplement. What I eat. I got to ask you because you've done the research. Um, as you know, if you go down and especially it's become, it's become really um, a big, a big marketing thing, the, you know, natural supplements and the supplement aisles are getting bigger and bigger with more products and stuff. How do you, when you were doing your research and you're looking for a quality supplement, what do you look for? If I'm looking for a quality supplement, I look to make sure that they follow the company follows good manufacturing practices that they have a guarantee of potency that there's um, a, also that they adhere to the uh, like US 
uh, I think it's the U.S. Pharmacopoeia um, standards, if I remember correctly, basically meaning that there's they're guaranteed to be free of contaminants, and also that there's third-party verifications and uh, third-party certifications of the particular supplement product. So there's lots of research that you should do when looking for a supplement because they're not all the same. Absolutely. And the other thing is too, something that I've been learning more of recently is that you just don't want to take like vitamin B12 or vitamin C by itself because everything works together just like in nature and foods. There's besides the, all the vitamins that we're all familiar with, you know, A, B, C, there's in foods, there's probably thousands of chemicals. Phyto, they're called phytonutrients, antioxidants that all work synergistically together to really help a person stay healthy. And a lot of that really probably is not provided by supplements. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, so you have to be careful and you have to do your homework. Yeah. That's, that's, and it's really good. Can you recommend any reading that you picked up at Barnes and Noble that our, our audience can, can, uh, uh, pick up on? Uh, yeah, there's probably, a, um, a few behind me. <laughs> there are. Well, we, I mentioned to, I mentioned to Dr. Steve before we began that I said, have you read all those books? And he said, you mean the ones at the top? Yeah, I have. And it's like, so, wow. So you've, you've been reading and you've done a lot of research. Yeah. And, 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 you know, my thought processes has evolved. I mean, some things that I learned 10 years ago, I, I feel a little bit differently about them. Like I said, regarding the supplements, since you brought it up, I felt very, very strongly about taking supplements back in I, whatever, 06 or 07 when I started. And I still take them, but it's the only way to supplement my diet. You know, I, right over the last months or so, I've been more focused on just making sure that it's, it's my food that I'm getting nutrients from and that supplements are just there to supplement. And that makes, that makes, a, that makes a world of sense. Now, do you shop in the, uh, in the, um, and do you know that there, is there a difference between as an example, a regular, uh, head of cabbage and a, um, 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 what do, they, what do they call it? A uh, organically grown head of cabbage? Is there, besides the price, is there a difference between them? As far as can't answer that question specifically regarding cabbage, uh, I'm not a big cabbage fan of myself, um, <laughs> but I do know, and I'm not an expert on organic versus not organic, but I do know that certain foods um, are probably better organic because they are more exposed to pesticides, things like. Um, strawberries i know are probably better to eat in organic because I, I from what i've read i think they have uh likely to get more pesticides on them that of course can get into your own body when you eat them whereas foods that have skins on them like bananas are probably it's probably you know not as necessary to get organic because you're not going to eat the skin you don't eat the banana skin oh no <laughs> just just kidding just <laughs> So, so let's, let's move forward. And when, when did you write your book and what was your motivation? I wrote the book in, it was, it was published in 21, actually. So I probably started writing it in 2019 and 1920. Oh my goodness. In 2020. <laughs> it's been a long time. I'm older than, I'm a lot older than I look. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your, what was your motivation? So I basically found that I had learned so much from my own personal experiences and from 
what I've learned from books and also from my professional experiences in the emergency department, I started realizing and appreciating that I was seeing so many people that were, were sick, even 30 year olds, 40 year olds with what I previously thought were, you know, kind of old people diseases like high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, strokes, and who are on five or 10 different prescription medications. And I really began thinking to myself, it's wrong. I don't think it's like this. And I really believed, I started to believe that a lot of it was probably because many people were not living as healthy as they could. So I wanted to, you know, put this message out there. And I actually started writing articles for a local newspaper. And then I had one the idea I had to, I had the idea to write a book. And the, your book, My Steps Forward, by the way, if you go to, if you want to follow along with us, you can just go to Steve and I'll spell the last name for you. P-I-R-I-A-N-O, just like it says right there, uh, dot life. And that's his website. And you can go there and, and learn all about his book and what he's doing with it. And it's an inspirational guide to living a better life. What inspirations do you have to, to uh, tell our audience today that's in the book? Well, the book is, it's actually, it's two part. It's, there's, it's, I guess there's two components to it, rather. There is, of course, the part about my, my views on health and wellness. And I really think that people could, if they live healthier, they can really be healthier. And there's also parts about my personal experiences, just life lessons I've learned that I think can really be of value to, to people out there. And I think that just in general, I think a great piece of overall wisdom is that if, if you really do want to change and you do want to live a healthier life or that you, if you believe in yourself, that you really can accomplish what you set your mind to. It's an amazing concept that, that some people have trouble with because it's like, what do you mean? If I, if I want something, I can have it. Well, you, you can, and, and you've got to work hard for it. Of course. Yeah. Huh? Go ahead. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's not something that comes instantaneously. You know, a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of our modern society is basically, we have the idea of uh, we want instant gratification, but it's not like that in reality. Things, Things that are worthwhile, they take time and they take effort. They do indeed. And uh, if you, but if you believe in it and you're passionate about something, you know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big component or proponent of that. If you follow your passion, uh, you're very seldom are going to go wrong. If you really have your heart and your soul and your mind into what it is that you're doing. Do you agree with that? Totally. Did 100%. you percent? Oh, good. Good. You, you froze up there for a second. Right oh, okay. There. All right. Yeah. 100% degree. Yeah. And, and it's, and that's, and that's one of the reasons why you wrote the book and, and, uh, and he, he, you know, we live in a society that, that is very, it's very difficult for a lot of us to feel positive and, and, and about stuff that's going on because there's stuff that's, there's always challenges in our life and everybody has challenges. You did. I have, um, but you, you still came through and, and you felt positive enough about it to write a book about, about your experiences and some of your, your thoughts. Um, and, uh, how, how has the book been received so far? The people that have read it have given me very positive feedback. 
Oh, that's 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 really good. So, and they can pick it up at Amazon. They can pick it up off of your website. Yeah. They can pick it up virtually anywhere. Yep, absolutely. I wanted to ask you a question because being okay. a medical doc, being a medical doc number one, and being a emergency doc number two, you have been around death and dying a lot more than than most of us will ever be around that. Um, mm-hmm. Have you any thoughts about about that? Have you learned anything about about the the mental approach i guess i guess do you run across a lot of people that have when they get to that position that they feel like they haven't accomplished anything in life when i'm sorry can you say that last part of the can you repeat the last part of the question yeah when you when you are working with somebody and and they are in it's their last it's they're definitely dying and it's their last days are do you sense that a lot of them have a lot of regret about what they were not able to accomplish in life because they didn't they didn't pursue what they really wanted or does that ever even come up that part probably not so much in emergency medicine because when they come into the emergency room you know we basically have a few hours with an individual and although we may get to know them a little bit when they come in that ill and if they are you know, nearing if death within a few hours, you know, there's really not that much of a dialogue between us. It's more really trying to resuscitate the person. There is, of course, there's, there's definitely some talking, but probably for the most part, at least from my experience, not so much of an in-depth conversation where we can, where we've gotten that far into a person's thoughts and life. Well, you're you're just trying, and in, in the emergency room, you're just trying to get them well enough to be able to get to the next step in their journey, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, how how do your kids like your book? How how old are your kids now? Seventeen and fifteen. Oh, a beautiful age for a child to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> are they are they boys or girls? Two boys. Ah, very very good. And how's it going? <laughs> How are the teenage years treating you? Well, they're they're a bit different than the elementary school years. <laughs> I they, would say they definitely come with their their own challenges. You know, there's definitely one set of challenges for you know toddlers and other stuff for elementary school, and a whole different set for teenage years. I mean, they're they're still great boys. You know, I, I love them with all my heart. Um, but uh, yeah, they they're do they're doing well. It's just different challenges different things you learn as you go there is such a you know from when i was that age to when my kids were that age they're in their 30s now okay to what's to what's going on today it is the changes are cataclysmic when i my kids were 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 in their teenage years they did not have a computer in their hand like they do today i know right it's it's crazy now everybody's got their computers well everybody's got their computers in their pockets basically Right. Right. And, and, uh, of course we had a, we had a saying at our house that, um, I hope was true, but it didn't always work out. And it was, uh, it was called KYPIP. KYPIP, which means keep your Peter in your pants. (laughs) (laughs) That, That was our advice to our boys to be respectful of women and to, and to, uh, no means no, and uh to to be a good a good human being and uh i i think we can everybody can use a little bit of that advice 
Absolutely. I think, I think being kind to other people and respecting other people is of one of the basic things of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you want anybody to understand what they can get from my steps forward, what would you tell them that they, you want them to get out of reading the book? My hope would be that based on what I've learned about health and nutrition and also based on the lessons I've learned and I talk about in the book from my own personal experiences, I, I would hope that maybe there would be something that they could pick up, a life lesson or something they didn't know about health that maybe will help to improve their life, even in a small way. I would be very happy with that. You know, at the end of the day, we can only change one person's time, one person at a time. And yeah. if your if your book or this podcast can change one person to go get your book and find some nuggets in there that they can apply to their own life, then you, sir, and I have done our job. Absolutely. Yeah, you're doing definitely doing a fantastic thing here. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. But you and so are you. You're you're saving lives and and you're 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 getting some stuff for us to talk about out there. So because I couldn't do it without you. So just so you know, be <laughs> sitting here talking to myself, you know. <laughs> So I know that I know that you're busy today and, and, and stuff. And if, uh, is there, and so I would like to give you, I'm going to step aside and give you a, uh, a forum to say, to tell our audience that's listening now, or will listen in the future, anything that you would like them to know. Anything that I would like them to know. Well, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> I wasn't expecting a, you know, a personal forum. Well, and I didn't, and I didn't, I'll give you a moment to think about it because I, I, I do that just for, just because, you know, um, it's important. You, you know, you have, you've, you've written the book, you put this together, you put a lot of thought to, into it. You put a lot of research into it and you really want people to benefit from it. And I, and I, but there is something about you that you want to be able to give back in such a way that you can really help other people. And, um, and so that's, that's why I, that's why I phrased it that way. Okay. All right. Um, I, I've got, I've got an idea, I think. Okay. Go for it, man. All right. Thanks. So what I would say is that there, if you have any you know, wish, desire, goal, there's lots of resources out there. I would say to learn, to take the opportunity to learn, read, buy books, Talk to people who've done it before and learn and really believe in yourself and go for what your passion is. Live your purpose and, and just know also that there's going to be times where you're going to stumble. There's going to be times where you're going to fail and that's, that's important and that's okay. We're all human and we all fail and I failed, oh my goodness, so many times in my life. But as long as you learn from your failures and you can use them to propel yourself forward along your path. And uh, I wish you luck in everything that you do. See, I told you once I got you going, you would go. So, so. <laughs> I, I could have kept going, but I, I <laughs> Good. See, if you have more, I've got a little time. So if you got more, so uh, we, we've been talking with uh, Steve Piriano. I said that right. Didn't I? You got it. 
Awesome. And he's written the book, My Steps Forward, an inspirational guide to living a better life. Go get the book. You can do it by going to steveperiano at dot life. And you can go to Amazon in any number of places. It's a five-star read. So it's well worth your time. And I want to thank you very much for being with me today on the show. Oh, you are so welcome. And again, thank you again, Kevin. I really appreciate you having me here today. It's been it's, an honor. It's, it's pretty awesome. Will you come back and will we do this some more? Absolutely. Of course. Awesome, man. I, I really appreciate you and your and the work that you're doing and 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 the fact that, you know, I'm struck by the fact that even though you've been through the wars with COVID, you still have a smile on your face. You still go to work every day and you are working every day to make a difference. And that I want to thank you on behalf of a grateful nation for people like you and what you are doing uh, to help all of us survive a little bit better. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And so I would like to thank you again. And my steps forward is the book an inspirational guide to living a better life. Go get it. It's a, it's a great read and it's worth your time. So with that, you stay right where you are, Stephen. I'll be right back. All right. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of kmmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named kmmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great, positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.